Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And yes, unfortunately, this is the first live show I've done all week. Thank you for listening to our best of and um you know, just things kind of get, life gets in the way sometimes, and I'm sure you all understand that, but I'm happy to be with you today. Happy Friday, and happy National Civics Day. Did you know it was National Civics Day? And so I didn't know, found out about it, and we're going to discuss that a little bit. Hopefully your kids, I've heard they've taken civics out of some of the schools, which is very bothersome to me. But um, we have a few people that are going to join us today that are going to kind of keep that uh, alive and well for us, for our kids, for our communities. And so we are pleased to welcome them today. One of them you're familiar with, um, Cassandra Brown, um, all about the ballots. You're familiar with her. She's joining us today. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm great. How are you all? And I'm happy to be a part of the show today. Thank you, because I know you're busy. She is she is running and gunning this week. And um, also we have with us Melanie Campbell, who is the CEO of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation and National Convener of Black Women's Roundtable. Ms. Campbell, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you this morning? I'm blessed. I'm glad to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time out. And we have... And please, I hope I pronounce this right, right, Salandra Benton, who is the CEO of the Florida Coalition on Black Civic Participation and the state convener of Florida Black Women's Roundtable. Good morning, yes. Ms. Benton. How are you? Uh, we're on the same bus. She's getting on right now. <laughs> ah, okay. So I told you they're busy keeping it, keeping it, um, you know, alive and well because, um, like I said, it just seems like uh, not just our kids, but our, our adults just not, uh, you know, are civic-minded. So we want to change that. Um, uh, Ms. Brown is the chair of the Black Women's Roundtable in Lake County. And so, uh, Ms. Brown, good morning. So let's start off with why you all are on the bus. <laughs> sure that our people are um, educated when it comes to voting. And so that they're not so intimidated when it comes time to actually go and vote. And also, um, we wanted to start early because a lot of times, you know, people show up two weeks before the vote. And, and our communities are not 
standing for that any longer. You know, they're like, if we don't know who you are or if we haven't been engaged with you before, then, you know, they really aren't interested. And so, as you know, in the county, we're doing events almost monthly just so that we're out there building those communities. And so that's what we're doing on the bus. We're going around to the HBCU campuses. Of course, we know there's a huge turnout for the homecoming. And so that's a great place to get people engaged and thinking about how important the vote is. Thank you. And the, and the fact of the matter is is that, you know, a lot of us aren't having to wait until next November. There are elections, municipal elections that are taking place right now, um, this month, and um, there are possibly some runoffs next month. So, you know, I mean, everybody is, is kind of a little short-sighted in terms of, you know, how relevant this is. This is for some people very relevant right now. Absolutely. We just sent out um, over three where there are elections on November 7th. So we are ringing the bells, you know, raising the sirens to make people know that, you know, there are local elections and those are critical. Those are important to your everyday lives and the um, different things that you are experiencing in your community. Uh, Ms. Campbell, can you talk a little bit about your role, what you're doing, and, and why, why I guess, why you're on the bus, but uh, more, more about why you, why this is, why this matters to you, why this is important, and and uh, how how you anticipate what you're doing is going to impact um, our future in terms of of being, you know, our kids being civic minded, our adults in terms of changing their perspective. Uh, for sure. Well, this is actually uh, for for our organization. This is a, a launch of our national campaign uh, called mm-hmm. Power of the Ballot. We won't be erased, um, and we wanted to start in Florida, and we wanted to start early, and we wanted to, to actually come and spend time. I'm actually from Florida. I grew up in Memphis, Florida. I'm a native Floridian. Um, so we're here with um, Cassandra and Solange, who leads our uh, Florida uh, affiliate here in the state. And which so we work year round. We, we said today is National Civic Civic Day, and that's a year round process. And so we have to engage our community much more and give them the kind of information that Cassandra talked about, but also lift up the issues uh, that are of concern. And, and so we're having listening sessions. We've been all over the state for the, all month from um, each homecoming game and working in in the communities and listening to to our, our sisters and our brothers to tell us what is, what's important to them why you know, and why they would vote or in some cases might not want to vote and be able to give that. And, and information is power, but also the, the art of listening. If you're a good organizer, you have to be a good listener. So we're on an organizing campaign around this to really make sure that we're, we're talking about setting up black agendas. We know that this is what our folks are telling us they want to do. And so that's part of it. And so we've been here all month. We'll be going uh, to other states across the country uh, um, doing the primaries a lot of times. And we're nonpartisan on this tour. So we're not telling people who. We're just making sure that we're lifting up the power of the ballot and and, and, and lifting up those issues that, that we know are important to our community. So when they go to look at a candidate, they, they, they can connect that, 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 that ballot to saying, hey, I'm not I'm, – I'm, I, who's the candidate is most aligned with my 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 values and my issues, and so that's how we're doing it. 
Ms. Benton, you are the state convener. Uh, what are you seeing in terms of, and are you, first of all, I guess I want to ask you, are you finding it a tough job to get people um, involved, especially young people, with the press that we get about, you know, what certain officials are doing, especially our head official, head state official, he who shall not be named. Um, but anyway, are you, because we're finding it that, in my opinion, that the more that is done that gets exposed in terms of a variety of issues, in terms of African-American studies, let's just single that out, among other things. The more attention that gets drawn to it, the more that I feel that our state and our residents are not necessarily taken as seriously as they should be in terms of, uh, you know, what they choose to support and what they're involved in or how they are involved. What are you seeing? What concerns you? Was that to me or to Lodger? Oh, that was for uh, Ms. Benton. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. Okay. Yes, thank you. First of all, I want to thank you for having us um, and uplifting the power of the ballot tour. Um, and so, and from your um, from your perspective and from your influence. Um, so, what I'm seeing around the state is the um, court uh, executive director for the Florida Coalition on Black Student Participation. And um, what I'm seeing is that. When we engage our young people in the conversation, when we have the conversations with them, um, they get it, they're excited, but we're not engaging them in the level that we should be engaging them. For proof of the fact, for every HBCU stop that we have done, young people have came out just yesterday. We had 30 students or more um, from FAMU that came, and FSU, that came over to join us in the uh, the press conference. They had and they had something to say and they had some powerful words to say and they're letting us know that um, they are they are woke um, and they will not um, sit back. Um, they did not come to Florida to be educated to die, but they will um, they will stand up and they will organize and they and they're loving the fact each stop we went to the young folks, the students, like, we're so glad that you're out here early. We're so glad that you're having these conversations. We're so glad that you're, that you're listening to us. I think the problem is, is that we have not uh, engaged them on the level that they need to be engaged. I think we have not, not just on the college campus, but in the communities, um, with our listening sessions, we had uh, young folks come to the listening sessions that's not, that's not in college, but, at, you know, they live in the community, they got jobs, um, we're listening to what they, um, their concerns with the safety issues, the, uh, uh, the debt, uh, the reproduction rights, those are the issues that we have to um, listen to them because um, they are they not the future. We need to stop seeing the future. They are right now. They live in this every day. And so as they wake up and go to bed, they are um, living this, 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 in this political warfare we're in. And so I think what we need to do is, is, is and I'm seeing and listening, is about the intergenerational uh, our community has to come back together. We cannot look at each other as the older, the youngest, that we're against each other, or uh, black women or black men that we're against each other. But we are all in the same community because at the end of the day, the opposition is coming for the whole community. They're not just coming for the young. They're not just coming for the black women. They're not just coming for the black men. They're coming for our whole community. And so when we once we understand that and we come together and, you, and you unite like we've done in the past, and that's how we always won our victories, 
um, young folks always in every movement and revolution it started with the young people. Um, we were young before, and we got to remember that we were young before and how we thought as youngsters um, coming into this movement. Um, this is the same thing. It's nothing new under the sun. Is that the young people got the passion. They just want us to open the door. They just want us to make sure they got a chair at the table. They want to make sure that they ought to be able to have the support to organize their peers um, the way that their peers understand it and not so much from um, my lens. I mean, my baby is 31 years old, so I'm, I'm pretty out here with 22, 22. Um, so, those, uh, so we decades apart, but I understand them and I respect them because they, because I was that 22-year-old person or 22-year-old trying to organize. So I understand it. And once we understand it and get from that lens um, and let them do what they do and just support them, um, they, they show up and they turn out like they've been turning out on this tour. Thank you. I'm going to first direct this to Ms. Brown, but it, 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 and I, because I know it's kind of hard to just figure out who's going to answer what, but I'm going to direct it to her first. And if anyone wants to jump in afterwards, you guys can jump in. But I want to, I think it's, first of all, I think it's a good thing that you meet them where they are. Um, I think that's some of what happens. It's like, hey, hey, here we are, you know, you know, come and listen to what we have to say and everything. But you are going to the games and everything. You're meeting them where they are. That's a great thing. But now I just wonder, are there other ways to to get to them and to get them involved? And I also wonder, too, as older adults, like you said, we, we have been 20-something-year-olds, and we were active and everything. I just wonder if because the severity of the issue isn't there or isn't visible, for example, the discrimination, like um, for our parents and stuff like that, it was like the separation of the segregated bathrooms and the segregated diners and all of that and having to eat in the kitchen or in the back of the restaurant and all that kind of stuff. So we're not having to do that anymore. So, you know, I mean, it's for, for some, it's a story that happened a long time ago when we don't have to necessarily Really worry about it, but the face of racism has has changed. Um, the issues, not just racism, but other core issues, have changed. And I'm just wondering if maybe because it's not as visible, or if because there's a lack of severity, that that's the reason that you know a drive to get people involved is not being taken seriously. Um, I think this is a lot. I think what it is in having conversations with the young people, they are they are feeling discriminated in, in, in spaces with the jobs, with um, the student debt, through college entry, through um, the different things that they have to go through. They, it's just that again, we're not talking about it. Um, um, they just they're just trying to survive and work through it. Um, listen, they know it's they definitely know that it's racism. I mean, black men are getting shot every day on the you know in their communities on TV, and nobody's going to jail for it. Since Trayvon Martin and up, so they they feel discrimination. It's visible in they in their world, but it's like where do we get help? Who's listening? How, who's going to support us? How do we how do we get um, around this? Um, and this is what we're hearing on on these campuses and with these students when we're talking to them. Um, it's, it's, they, they're much aware. Uh, you know, of racism um, is, uh, and they, because they feel the impact of it, they they talk about it to us. Um, uh, so, 
Yes. Yeah, so th- before, back in the day, they was hanging us. They was doing all these things, but they was having, they was covering their face with sheets. They're not covering their faces with sheets or anything like this. Um, it's one of six o'clock news, five o'clock news. People getting shot in the middle of uh, their peers. People that look like them is getting shot um, in broad daylight, and um, and nobody's going to jail. So that's the, that's the racism, and that's what they they're dealing with. And what we um, as again intergenerational, how we have to. Um, um, bring it together, you know, and I often use, like, the Jewish community. They talk about the Holocaust day and night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner to their children so they would never forget. And I think we need to take on that model in the black community that we also need to sit down. And when the last time we sit down and had a conversation with our young people, ask them how they feel and what's, what's going on, um, and how we got through it, um, how our grandparents got through it. Um, so I don't think we, we don't talk about it in our communities like we should at the dinner tables, at the picnics, at the family unions, that, look, we, you know, we, those conversations are not being had like they just had. And, um, but they are definitely, um, they just don't know where to go. They don't know where, again, um, not, we have to invite them more to the conversations, and we have to have more conversations with them. And I think well, that's I think, where. Um, if I can jump in for a minute, I think part of what that is is I, I recently there was uh, another day called National Family Day um, that was talking about um, taking the time to get everybody to sit down at the table and have a meal and how just that simple act helped, for example, with kids reducing the tendency to become addicted to, you know, drugs and, and other bad behavior. And so <laughs> that is a component. I think that's missing that uh, would combat a lot of uh, negative things that are happening to our young people. We don't sit down and necessarily have the meal on at a regular, you know, interval. For example, I remember when I was growing up, I mean, we sat, you know, they, my parents watched the news um, and they had me watch the news. But then after the news, we sat down and we had dinner and we talked about a variety of things, things that went on at work, things that went on at school, things we saw on the news. Okay. My parents helped me decipher what was going on in the world. Uh, I think that is part of the issue is, you know, not have, not designating time. You know, I mean, we all think that everything is supposed to be spontaneous. And sometimes that doesn't happen. So the time has to be designated. It has to be carved out. It has to be made essential, right? Um, so, so for me, the issue is that we are bogged down. Our people are in survival mode. Some of them are working two and three jobs just to have a place for them and their children to be, to be able to afford their rent. So it's not that, you know, they just don't want to do this or whatever. People are survive, trying to survive right now. They they can't even wrap their minds around getting engagement if they're working two to three jobs. And that is done by design to keep us so focused on, so like, oh, my God, I got to pay my rent. I got to make sure my kids eat. So they aren't, don't have the time and don't realize the power in, in, in our civic uh, engagement and showing up. And then mentioned about racism and how it's not as extreme or whatever. It absolutely is. First of all, my, my county commissioner in Lake County, there's nobody on there that's like, that's racism, because I should have a voice at that table. So that is absolutely 
So we have it. It's just in so many different forms. I wear locks. There's so many people, they will discriminate against you as far as getting a job because of how our hair is. So we are experiencing this racism just, you know, just in different ways. And, and you know, we say, oh, we say she's doing this, she's doing that. But if they don't have the time, even now they're trying to change the laws with students and work all of these extra hours. So if they're making it where people are barely surviving and they see an opportunity to go make money, they'll be taking our kids from school, they'll be following to survive versus being in school. So like I said, these things are set up by design. It's not a happy thing. They're set up by design to keep us bogged down and so overwhelmed with life don't have the time to focus on stuff. And even though me and my children can sit around the dinner table or whatever and, and talk about it, we were out there. You saw me at a protest. My children were there at the protest with me. So that's how I taught my children. So there's so many different ways that we can come at this. We have to learn not to um, discount other people to respect their lives. So so that's where um, we're coming from. Okay. Okay. And I and and the only thing I would add is that the issue specifically, let's talk about the attack on voting uh, uh, voting rights or attack on uh, Black history. Uh, one of the things in Florida, when you look at all of the uh, attacks, young people get that right. And and, and you're right. We have to do more to educate. Um, but it's also just an opportunity, right? And that's what, you know, some of these attacks are doing. So, you know, you have groups that are organizing. And, it, and, and we're going to – when folks take something away, sometimes you got to find a new way to get it done. And I think yeah, focusing on like our black history on our black history is something that you see church groups doing, community-based organizations are doing. While we continue to fight to put it back from a legislative standpoint, we have to go back to the basics. My mother was a public mm-hmm. school teacher down in Bavar County and helped put black history in the school system. So that's the other part of what we have to do with things. Okay. We are going to take a quick break. We are talking about National Civics Day. We have with us um, Cassandra Brown, who's with All About the Ballots of uh, Lake County, and Melody Campbell, the CEO of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation and National Convener of Black Women's Roundtable, and Solandra Benton, who is the CEO of the Florida Coalition on Black Civic Participation. Questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call 
gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Hi, welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, we are here talking about National Thanks, Civics bye. Day. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. I also had invited another uh, guest earlier. Mr. Lanier, are you on? Okay. I don't know if he's coming on. He teaches uh, civics and social studies in Seminole County, so he might join us too. But anyway, we are here with uh, Ms. Brown and Ms. Benton and – Oh, goodness gracious. I'm sorry. I, I've forgotten the third name. But we're here talking about National Civics Day. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516 um, So I'm, I'm glad to see that there are young people engaged and involved and aware and ready to take on, I guess, the challenges, even though there is, it's a little bit I guess shows up differently in our institutions now than it did before um, in some cases. And I'm saying in some cases because some of that stuff is coming back. I mean, the whole uh, thing with affirmative action is another one of those cases where uh, it seems like, you know, why are we having this to do this again? Why are we having to, you know, we thought we, I guess, kind of sort of won the war. Um, in, a, in a population as diverse as we are now, why is it that we seem to still be fighting this battle? Um, who wants to take that on, um, please? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Okay. Go ahead, please. Hi. Exactly. This, uh, this is Melody. Um, well, Hi. I think one of the, the realities of why we continue to, uh, the fight, because the fight never ends. Right, it's uh, uh, you uh, you know, you win, you lose. Uh, each generation has 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 the fight, and in this country, we've never really, quite honestly, dealt with race and racism in this country. So we, the isms keep just recycling in different ways and different forms, and so we have to to forever be vigilant. And so when we win, we win the we win the battle, but we have to we have never won the war or against racism. That's why uh, if you go as far back as when Obama was elected in 2008-12, the backlash, you know, forward progress has always met in this country with a white white backlash. Um, the demographic shifts in this country are causing folks to do some of the things that are happening here in the state of Florida and not just Florida, because um, I want to make sure people say, oh, look what they're doing in Florida. They're doing it in 27 other states, rather, I'm sorry, where you're uh, banning books and banning uh, uh, teaching of, 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 of issues around critical race theory and how that impacts systemic racism and, and, and blocking opportunity. You mentioned affirmative action, and the list can go on and on and on, but it's all the levers, minority business opportunity. you got folks suing uh, reverse discrimination uh, for the, 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 the federal 8A uh, program that help a lot of entrepreneur black businesses and, and women businesses and, and minority businesses have a, a leg up. Um, to have access to the capital they need to, to start and grow their businesses. 
you got lawsuits being filed on those sisters in in Georgia uh, with the Freedom Fund, where they black they don't want us to put funding into our own use our own money, right? So it's 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 a lot of it, and the systemic attack is real. And so our young people, and quite frankly, what Solange talked about, we have to build coalitions across generations because this fight is not going anywhere. We just have to find ways to own our power, i.e. the power of the ballot. So we understand that that is an equalizer. It's not the only solution, but it is a powerful one, which is why, what? They keep trying to find ways for us not to vote. So it's all connecting all of those dots so that we can make sure that we can make sure that our generations that are with us and in front of us have as much or more opportunities. Because all we talk about, especially when you talk about federal funding, we talk about putting money or state funding, putting money into our communities because we're paying those tax dollars. So we're not giving us a handout. We're making sure that we're bringing some equity to the situation. Now, I know I have mentioned before about um, the churches because in the past, and I don't, I don't mean to necessarily – you know, talk against the churches. I, I really don't. In fact, I, what I'm hoping to do is maybe uh, light a match. I, you know, there was a time that our churches were so much more involved, it seems to me, uh, in terms of uh, pushing the uh, agendas forward. And now it just seems to me like they're very silent. And I, and I, one, I know right now in some cases it's just a matter of getting people to even attend church, even our young people. But I just tend to think that if our churches were more engaged, then people would come back and then they would be more engaged. But if, you know, I I just don't see that happening. Uh, But I did hear something recently, um, and I I need to find the story, but I did hear something recently about some churches trying to take a role in, for example, with the African-American studies, trying to to put that more on their agenda and trying to create a network in order to teach that so that even if it's not being taught in schools, the the truth and the reality of of African-American history is still being relayed to our, our young people. And so that's a good thing. But how do you think the churches can or ought or should play a role in making sure that um, our communi- communities are, are not just the young people, but all of our people are more civic-minded. Oh, I know um, this is Alondra. We have um, one of our coalition partners on this tour is Faith in Florida, uh, where their, their main goal is to focus on organizing communities of churches and pastors across the state of Florida. So that's the first step that we're um, asking pastors to talk to pastors and talk to their congregation because um, they do have an uh, audience, uh, and they have an audience that meets these twice a week, Sunday school and uh, uh, Bible study and on Sunday. So, again, again, being able to have that conversation um, with the parishioners, uh, uh, the congregation, uh, we've been working with them in that um, aspect to make sure that the information that we get that we're sharing with them and that they'll be able to share also uh, with their, um, their their congregation because, as you said, um, back in the civil rights movement, that's where we want you to get our information was from the churches. And so we got to get in and come back 
Our community has been um, separated, but now it's time for us to come back together and stand in unity and to make sure that our that we don't lose our power and that we um, and that we're not um, losing our voice in the mix of this conversation in the United States. And I also want to mention that um, our partner that Salonga just spoke about, which is Florida, they also have a toolkit out that they're um, having to uh, help or educate around African American sex. So they created their own um, uh, tools that can be used to educate our children. Like you said, if they don't want to, they want to take it out of the schools. Of course, we're going to continue to fight against that. But in the meantime, we'll find another way. something else that you and I have had a discussion about, but I, I, I do kind of want to address it again, and that is when you register to vote, you, and I think you know where I'm going, I have been saying that just like when you get ready to uh, drive, you get a driver's license. And I remember it used to be that there was driver's education that you had to have. It, now you don't necessarily have to have it anymore, but they don't even have that in schools anymore. But however, I think that before you register to vote, there should be some sort of class that you should take. Now, I know people have been saying, oh, well, that's just making it harder and that's, you know, for people to vote and that's just, that's discriminatory and everything. I don't think it's discriminatory. I think your voter registration is just as important as your driver's license and other things. And the fact of the matter is, in order to be a responsible voter, I think you should be educated. I've worked on a regular basis for at least the last 20 years off and on. Um, the, uh, The precincts where people come to vote, And most of the adults that come to vote aren't prepared. Some of them don't realize that they're in the wrong precinct to vote, that the voting precinct may have changed because the population has changed and expanded or because they needed to find another location so they haven't been paying attention to their mail and they haven't gotten their cards or they haven't been paying attention to the news or have received or looked at the notices that say, uh, you have to re-register because um, it's been purged after the last election or whatever, or we need to get updated information. So it, it's hard to get the younger people on board when you have full-fledged adults that are coming there, not only being misinformed and not only ignoring part of the process, but also they're not participating fully we, I see people that say, I'm only going to vote for the judge, I mean, excuse me, for the uh, president, or I'm only going to vote for this person because I saw them on TV or because I got a flyer in the mail. And there's people that, you know, I don't care about the judges. 
And, and I always say, you know, you got to pay attention to the judges. You got to pay attention to the local stuff because these are the decision makers in the process. Um, and so when someone comes up for the Supreme Court and you find you're asking, well, where did this person come from? Well, that person started off as just a lower level judge way down or, or something way down the line. Uh, you can't complain when they get up there if you didn't participate in the screening process. And part of the screening process is, you know, I say it's easy now. You go online and you find out who's running. So, Ms. Brown, I'm going to start with you because, like I said, we've, we've had this discussion. Uh, why not get people to learn how to, you know, vote? to uh, take a class, to learn how to lobby, to learn how to do grassroots campaigns, all that type of stuff. Okay, so uh, that's actually what education for. Uh, and, and like you said, for me, when I'm doing the campaign for and I can see that people, some people... Okay, you're like breaking up just a little bit. Oh, okay. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Yes. Okay, yeah, so even um, during my time, you know, watching the canvassing board, which is where they decide whether ballots are, um, they're going to accept them or reject them. And so for me, I've seen where people really don't understand the basis of filling out a ballot. So that's where we come in. We can't say, well, you know, they need to go take the class before they can vote. No, no, no. We go out and educate nation out there that some organizations put out that will kind of give you a report card of how people vote, whether it's for your interest or against your interest. And so it's on us to get this information to the public, to our community. That's on us. We can't sit back and say, you know, they need to do this or whatever. We go out into the communities and we help them, we educate them. It's time now for registration, registration, registration. So you have a million people on the, on the registration, but they're not showing up at okay, the polls. And I spoke about this earlier. It's intimidation. I have a whole law degree, and some of those amendments on there, I couldn't, it, it's hard to decipher. So that is intentional. It's not just, oh, they're not paying attention, or they're not, the whatever. That's intentional. So it's on us to go out and counter those efforts by going into the community and having what I call that one-on-one, that intimidation. These are times a lot of ballots, you know, or whatever. And so that's where we come in. We hold uh, forums, different forums, where they can kind of listen and hear what the candidates are about, you know. Um, and like I said, they have report cards out that tell not who to vote for, but how they vote on different issues. And then that's your choice on, you know, who you want to vote for. So it's on us to educate our community. Absolutely. Uh, any follow-up? <laughs> Hi, this is Melanie. Um, one of the things, um, what you said was obviously very provocative, right? Uh, and also, the reality is that our uh, the history of black people voting in this country uh, mm-hmm. has always had barriers to it, right? And so uh, when it comes to the, uh, the, the, the notion of how we get civics education back into the school system has a lot to do with who's on that school board. So it, it still comes back to the vote. And so one of the things that we, we, we cannot promote is anything that's going to be a barrier because black people are the only people who are having challenges at the polls. 
and even when you talk about um, folks working at the polling places, there's there's barriers to people being even becoming poll workers. That's, you know, uh, and so it's part of the, part of what we do year round is we recruit people to be poll workers because part of it is also who's in the in, not just who's outside advocating, but who's inside of those polling places. And that's 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 research and data that shows that there's, there's sometimes um, implicit bias in how people handle folks in the polling places. So there's a lot that goes to it, but I agree. Civics and, and while we talk about civics education and how important that is, it goes right back to the ballot. And then uh, Solange, I don't know if she's still on here, always talks about this. And that is the equalizer, whether it's the homeless man or the person with a PhD or no degree. That's the one piece that we have. Whether we have a have a full grasp of all that the power of it is, it is up to us who do know to try to educate those who don't. And then listen to the folks who say, well, even with knowing, I don't see the system working for me. So it's all it's all interrelated. It's not one thing or the other thing. Um, so that, that I'm saying that's my two cents on that. Appreciate that. So, um, where do you, okay? So after you do, I want to know after you do these tours, um, what's the next step? Because we, you know, the t- time is, you know, it, it seems like it's creeping now. It seems like it's, you know, only a, I mean, uh, it's a year away, but a year goes by. I mean, we're already in November of this year, and it seems like it just started. So, uh, what's the next step? Hello? Did I lose you? Hello, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. All right. Go ahead, yeah. please. Well, go ahead, Elijah. Okay, so I was I was saying after the after the tour, what is the, the next step? Did she say after the tour, what's the next step? I mean, mm-hmm. you all talk we're um, the tour goes uh, year round. So we'll be in okay. other states. From a national perspective, we're going a lot of southern states. We'll be in Georgia. We'll be back in Florida, and and they're not going to stop. Philandra and Cassandra working year round anyway. So this tour is, is well, we have some concentration okay. on this thirty days, but it's going to go out throughout the election cycle, and then we'll be okay, in other so states uh, doing power about okay. yeah yeah ongoing yes ma'am. And yeah, also, well, that's good to uh, hear. we're getting we're getting pledges um, and contact information from uh, information from students, alum, and everybody, so that way we can send out uh, quick reminders of important dates. For instance, when is the last day? October twenty fifth is the last day to request your vote by mail. We'll send out um, you know important information to like we said, educate folks and also stay in contact with them to build those relationships. And then that way we can also, um, you know, invite them out when we're having events around voting for education um, and any of the issues that are important because not only are we getting pages that they will vote, but we also have uh, asking what issues are important to them in their community um, versus us coming telling folks what they need. We're asking each community, okay, what issues are important to a whole mm-hmm. group of issues uh, that are being raising awareness on um, on the tour, but we want to know issues that are specific to those communities, and then we'll know how best to follow up with them um, when it comes to those issues and that very, you know, say a ballot initiative that comes up um, that focuses on that issue, then we can come back and say, 
start and point when you're building the relationships that you that you need, you're building that trust, and then we will go from there, um, following up and making sure that people are engaged and it doesn't seem like oh we just show up when it's time for the vote. You know, we want to continue to think, we want to continue to um, reach out and email and you know, follow up in different ways. And and. And I was curious, when you've um, visited these different places, have you seen, for example, a game plan that, that these uh, different people are putting into place in their own communities to kind of, um, I guess, not so that they're continuing to do the work without you having to necessarily be there, even though you're going to circle back? Um, are, are there certain mechanisms that they're putting in place to continue to work in their own communities? Oh, absolutely. Uh, what we've done is we have about 30 partners that are boots on the ground in different communities. And so we are mm-hmm. making sure that they're there to make those connections, to make those dots, and so then, you know, keep them aware of upcoming events and different things like that. So we, we have people here on the ground in the different communities that will, once we connect, you know, and then they can continue from there. They can take next steps as well. So not only will Are there other people involved? For example, I was wondering, like when you go to these different areas, do you have the local officials or state officials or any of the uh, national officials that get involved with what you're doing? Yes, we have um, local elected officials. Um, we also, like I said, have other organizations. We had um, some of the Divine Nine folks. We had some NAACP folks. So, yes, there are other. Um, um, people on the ground. We've also had some state reps and different things going on. Um, so, yes, that's exactly what we're doing. Yes, we do. This is Alonzo. So, we have 30 organizations, more than 30 organizations, national and statewide, um, that's a part of this um, Power for the Ballot um, tour and initiative that we're going to be doing. And so, at each stop we do, we have local. Uh, uh, coordinators, uh, congregations, um, community organizations um, that come and be a part of what we're doing in their city because that, after all, is local. Um, so they have to be the ones that's really pushing um, and moving the movement, as you said, because they are the trusted messengers in their communities. They know their communities well. And so we're there to help support and to build strong relationships and to make sure um, that they um, that we they have the education and resources, uh, whatever they they need to help to make sure that the movement is and the education because it's really as big around the education, right? Because people is getting sound bites on TV, but we want to make sure that we're shining the light on the truth. So we are partnering with organizations that um, that's already working in the community year round and uh, and continue to work in the community year round, and that's what we partner with. So uh, it does not stop with the bus tour. It continues um, because I've, I've, that's how important our communities are to us. Well, God bless your work. Thank you so much. I understand that you're at your stop and you got to go. I appreciate you all taking the time out and uh, get some rest, too, in the meantime, <laughs> please. Thank you. Because I know this has been uh, very, probably very 
challenging and taxing, but very rewarding at the same time. Uh, Melanie Campbell, okay. Solandra Brown, and Cass- I mean Benton, Solandra Benton, and Cassandra Brown. Thank you all three thank for being you. with us this morning. We appreciate. God bless your work, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk again soon before the general election. Okay. Thanks so much. Yeah, and so I just want to make I just want to oh. I just want to make one comment sure. before you leave. When you talk about young people being engaged, I got a lot of young people that just got on this bus. Uh, and I just want to speak it. I'm just going to speak because this is what I uh, speak it for one second because um, when you say our black youth are involved and engaged, they just came and joined us. Say your name. Hey, how you doing? My name is Hafiz Long, third year public relations student from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right. Uh, hello, my Thank name you. is. I'm a fourth-year political science major at Florida State University in Tallahassee. So they're coming. So we're going to get off this bus. So they're coming to join this bus. They see this bus, and they and they know it's about them. Because if you know, then you know, then you know. That's what I learned from the young people. So they know. And yes. so we're so glad that you're joining us. And um, and we got more that's coming, so we got to get off this bus. But we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. God bless. Take care. Be well. And we're going to take thank a quick so break. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the arguments. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on KHAM Radio. Are you chilling? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, we also want to thank Melanie Campbells, Solandra Benton, and Cassandra Brown. They are going around to the different campuses um, to do, uh, I guess, presentations on um, – they're with the National Coalition and Florida Coalition – of black on black civic participation. Um, this is National Civics Day, and so we're uh, just blessed to have them on today um, in spite of their uh, busy schedule, so we thank you. This week also, by the way, um, is National Red Ribbon Week. Uh, the theme was Be Kind to Your Mind, Live Drug-Free. I know that um, in a lot of the schools around the nation, uh, they're doing uh, different activities to try to um, encourage young people to, and, and there's a pledge also on their red site, website, redribbon.org, um, that young people can take and their, uh, you know, other information on the site. So I'm going to post that on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. But because even if it is the end of the week, and, and it doesn't have to be a specific week, um, it's a good time to talk to your kids about 
the ill effects of drugs and um, to get them to encourage them to get involved in, in other activities and um, you know and other people who are like-minded and, and, and positive about life and uh, just encourage them to, to help set a good example also for, for family and friends um, in terms of um, making their communities drug-free. So I uh, wanted to encourage that. Um, also, just want to remind you, if you have not, and I'm guilty, but I'm, I've got to do it, if you have not gotten your mammogram ladies and gentlemen and gentlemen and gentlemen that is imperative that you go and get your appointment set up even if you don't do it this month if you have to you know wait until next month don't wait too long you just never know uh go get that mammogram go get that breast exam learn how to do the breast self exam uh just uh try to make sure that uh, you are healthy and uh, free of breast cancer. Also, we want to encourage uh, prayer and uh, watchfulness as we are still in also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So please, you know, if you know, you suspect something that's going on with uh, a friend, a family member, a coworker, or whatever, and, uh, you know, find out information in terms of how to talk about it, uh, you know, and encourage them to to get help, you know, so that they're not in such a sad situation. We have a lot of praying to do beyond that with regards to the, the mass shooting in Maine, the wars that are going on in, with uh, Israel and Ukraine. So uh, it's we need to take that time out to be prayerful, uh, in, in terms of you know dealing how those situations are being dealt with, we have to pray for our leaders in terms of making the right decisions, and uh, we also just have to pray for, you know for each other as we just get on with life in the terms of the day to day situations that that occur. So we're gonna go early and let you get on with your weekend, but we thank you so much for taking the time with us. This has been G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks to the CEO, Princess Cooper, for uh, allowing me to continue to uh, just uh, get the word out there to you about things that are going on. You all be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe.